everybody. Welcome to the Seven Innings Podcast, Women's College World Series Edition. It is that time. The mayhem has reached its apex. Eight teams left. Eight or so friends around the table ready to talk a little softball. Uh, we got Maddie Ship. We got Adam. We got Scarborough, Smitty, Doza, Dilo with the Velo, Bro, Horo, Bimo, Jimmy, Softball, Vegas, Vicky. He's not ready for his debut, but wait next year to hear from Buzz Lightyear. And <laughs> J-Mac, <laughs> researcher extraordinaire, is with us as well. We may uh, turn to him for shag and stats later on. Um, let's uh, let's just uh, get things rolling. Holly, let's start with you. What excites you about this year's tournament? What are you looking forward to this week? Everything. Everything. Can I say everything? Yes, you can. Um, I just know that I was on the plane and I felt like a little kid on Christmas morning. I'm pretty excited. Um, it's just the best time of the year. I think we've seen so much good softball throughout the whole course of the season. I think this year was special because we started out in February with our, our Clearwater Invitational, St. Pete Elite mm-hmm. Clearwater Invitational. Presented by Wilson. Presented by Wilson. <laughs> and I think that it's just been a really fun time. So I can't wait to see the big bashers. I think we've got more home run power than ever, better offenses than ever. And, of course, um, we'll see if the pitchers can hold it down in the circle. I've never seen a more competitive regionals and super regionals to see the parity throughout. We use that word a lot. Like, we're always throwing it out there. There's so many more talent, like, whether it's coming out of high school Mm -hmm. or within the colleges. But overall, like, I just feel like the last two weeks of softball shows us, like, these eight teams are coming in hot. Our researchers researchers (laughs) told me that the regionals were the most competitive ever from a point of how many game sevens were forced. Um, the run differential, the home runs that were hit, it was the most competitive regional ever. And I'm excited. We have a renovated stadium. (laughs) It shows the growth of our game. So, yes, we have amazing teams. um, And our our sport's grown, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited about this. Yeah. Yeah, We got, uh, what did we decide? Six former national champions in our field of eight. That's the most we've ever had. So it should be a very competitive Week We are going to break down all four of the matchups for you. Uh, we'll talk a little star power. Uh, we've already been able to dive into a lot of the game notes and things like that to help in our preparation. So we're going to share some of our favorite stories that we'll be diving into. Of course, we got Shag and Stats. we got Gimme Some Jimmy. And we have a flex today, ladies and gentlemen. Since it's the World Series, there is a 10th spot on the lineup card. Obviously, that will come nine spots And if now. anyone in this room can explain the flex DP rule, you get the tip Please spot. Please call. <laughs> oh, that will be what goes Woo! in that spot. I'm gonna uh, we, got, uh, we got the day side with us, so um, I, I think, Adam, we're going to let you uh, take the lead on this. Um, we're also going to hear, by the way, from Jersey Meg coming up a little bit later about all of our coverage. But uh, let's talk UW and Arizona and a Washington team that, whoo, Boy, they whooped the dogs down in the desert during the regular season. How's the rematch looking? Uh, really interesting to see how well Taryn Alvello has pitched since that opening series against UCLA where they got swept. They have been dynamite since 28-1. The Utah's the only team that got them with a loss uh, during that stretch. I mean, incredible to see the the difference in innings with Taryn Alvello and Gabby Plain really even or closer to even throughout the season. It's really been Gabby Plain getting the majority of the innings so far. Alvelo's been a really nice change of pace. Uh, I thought it was a really good combination last year, and I'm excited to see how it's going to play out this year. 
That being said, they're going up against maybe the most high-powered Arizona offense we've seen in the last three or four seasons, probably since Katiana Mauga left. So I was at the Washington Regional, and just to follow up on your point about that, UCLA series was the turning point in Taryn Alvello's season. She said she hit rock bottom, she just totally freaked out, and that that was a really difficult weekend for her. She said since that point, she's tried to really change her life. So she graduated in December. This last semester, she has just been working on herself. She's doing Pilates, doing all this um, working out. She's really trying to find out what she can do to overcome some of this anxiety and performance issues, you know, like being a perfectionist. Pitchers are perfectionists. Mm -hmm. So she's working with a sports psychologist. She said she feels happy. She feels satisfied with who she is and what she's doing right now. So if they get anything from uh, Taryn Alvello, I think it's a bonus. Gabby Plain looks better than ever. She no has already in the she's, They only gave up one run all postseason. So yeah, Four shutouts out of five games. Yeah, so I, I just think that's a very interesting dynamic that Taryn could give them some great innings and relieve Gabby Plain, but Gabby looks better than ever. Yep. Yeah. What say you, Scarborough? Uh, I can't wait to see the pitchers go up against these hitters, but I think that this Washington team is really similar to what we saw them last year. Like, they feel the same. Maybe maybe it's because they still have Gabby Plain and Taryn Alvello, and then, of course, the smile of Sis Bates and her defense. But Washington plays really good defense. And I love the turning points because every team has those. We'll talk about each one of the eight teams of their turning point of the season. And for Washington, it really seems like it was that UCLA series. And they went from being a questionable team of whether they would make it here to a shoe-in team to make it here. And they picked up where they left off after that, after that UCLA series. I think you can't forget that they lost five players from last year. Uh, to, so to get back with not an entirely new That's group, amazing, obviously, really. like, but they lost like Van Z's gone, Julia DuPont, who was their best power hitter, gone. Like they lost most of their home run power yeah. from last year. Thomas. Not a big and not a big home run hitting team, granted, but they get it done with speed. I mean, uh, I mean the the combination of everything we've seen, pitching, defense, and getting the offense when you need it. I mean, Danielle, you've seen it yeah. firsthand. My thing would be Arizona hasn't been in the World Series in nine years. Isn't that so nuts? These seniors are going in not really having the feels of like what this is like. So I look at Washington's pitching and I say, usually the best pitching shuts down legit hitting. And you look at Arizona and what they did. But Gabby Plain didn't throw much to Arizona in the in their series. Mm-hmm. It was all Albello throwing 70 miles an hour, blowing it by them. So I kind of look at that and go, like, are they going to tag team Albello and Gabby? Or is it going to just... I always say the the better pitching, and I, and I don't know how McQuillan will, will hang in the World Series. It's a different type of pressure, and I don't think she is. Uh, they they shut they shut down Kentucky's big hitters, and, yeah. and we we talked about Washington's turning point being UCLA. Usually, your turning point doesn't happen this late in the year, but for Arizona, it was Washington. They yeah. got smoked, and they brought in a whole bunch of people. Jessica Mendoza, you can share the story. Talking to Mike Candrea. His former Olympic players, his former Arizona players. How do you deal with this kind of failure? And boy, did they snap out. I don't know what you told them, Jess. <laughs> totally. But they came 100%. back and took two out of three against uh, UCLA the very next week. I just love that Mike Andrea reached out. I mean, I, I mean, I was in the heart of MLB season, and he's like, Jess, we need you. And it was to hear him say that. I mean, he is like the godfather when you think about all things, everything. Like, I go to him with, like, life's anything. And he's like, we have dealt with failure, and this team is so good. We need to figure out how, because none of them have failed before, how you handle that pressure, how you want that pressure. And so when he, he reached out to me, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was, like, nervous. Hmm. You know, and it, it just getting back to him to understand, like, almost wanting to grab this team and say, this is what you want. 
Yeah. You want pressure. You want to be hunted Give us after. some Billie Jean. Give us some <laughs> Billie Jean. <laughs> pressure is a privilege. Yes, it is. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> But it's it's a great it's a great story just to figure out like a bunch of players that have a lot of expectation on them. I mean, I can't imagine what it's been like the last nine years. Every year you you get to the regionals, you run into a buzzsaw, you go get to supers, you get you know shut out against a, a hot team, whatever it is. You've fallen short for a long time, and I, that's the number that I mean. The, it won't be in shagging stats at this point, but that could have been one. You could have. Don't say it because it is my shagging stat. <laughs> oh, I no. have to stop you right now because I, That's my fine. Arizona is written right. Totally, here. you know what? Don't bogart that. I feel like we gave you a, a, a good idea of what of what's at stake. So we'll save that for, for you. the, the okay. tease for later. Yes. Yeah, and then I think too one of the the big stories that will come out of the World Series is Taylor McQuillan and finally getting her story on a national stage, mm-hmm. of the fact that she was born with Dwayne syndrome. She can only see out of one eye. She's blind in her left eye, and she's still a pitcher who goes out there and will most likely be an All American. So her story, her journey to get to pick from different sports when she was younger and try different things to become the pitcher, the ace on Arizona and play in the World Series is a really full circle moment for them. Raina Caranco is back. Mm-hmm. Arizona is whole again. And Morgan Flores was not here last year during the World Series. Is she the difference maker this time around? Washington, Arizona. Let's move on to game two. That'll be in the leadoff, right? Uh, Jersey Mike, what time's that first game on Thursday? Uh, it is at noon Eastern. Noon Eastern. ESPN. Quadruple how, header. How many cameras do we have yes. showing this action, Meg? I had my boss told me once that I should not share the number of cameras, but I will tell you it is in the high 30s. That would be near. That would be nearly forty. We always round up. Only in the podcast, <laughs> except as you get past always forty, and then you round down. How many people are here? Uh, from ESPN we have about one hundred sixty people on our. Woo! Board. How many Woo! trucks? Hey. We, have, we have six production trucks, but wow. we have nine trucks total. Nine <laughs> facilities total. Wow. And it's a passion us, play. Tell us the big news about the attendance. Uh, well, the attendance is terrific. So the Women's College World Series has basically been sold out since January. So before we even threw a pitch in the regular season, they had sold out the Women's College World Series. Now there are still standing room only tickets available. So for those of you that are listening to this podcast, driving to Oklahoma City, you keep coming. We're going to find a spot for you. But the seats are, uh, they're gone. So, well, especially with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State here. Yeah. More on them to come. Smitty, high five. <laughs> uh, how about game two, which gets underway a half hour after the finish of game one? Is that, that is correct? correct, Beth? All right. Yes, on ESPN. Um, uh, we've got Minnesota and UCLA in what is just a fabulous juxtaposition. Oh, great oh, word, yeah. Beth. Whoa. Thank you. I hope great I didn't word, steal B-ball. that from you. It, it was going to be out there at some point <laughs> during that game, I promise you. Eleven-time natties and... O-time natties. O-time appearances but until the, this year. I feel like the entire state of Minnesota is with us here in spirit, uh, rooting on the Golden Gophers. You almost, so much so that spirit is here, yes. that you almost went into the into the accent. Almost. Into the, you got very, <laughs> very close. Beth uh, does love her accent. She does love I the do. accent. I'm good, good at So first time they'd ever hosted a Super Regional. And now the first time that they're, that they're ever at the Women's College World Series. Big, big, big deal for Minnesota to be there. Uh, I'll, I'll defer to Amanda about their, their pitcher who has tossed every pitch of the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a big fan of Amber Pfizer. Yeah, she, like you said, has thrown every... Why are you laughing? Because you keep leaning. <laughs> I don't like really? you. 
It's not that you're leaning in. It's you. It was the Superman that you. Okay. The, the, the Supergirl. You went right into the mic. My voice does not travel. If I yell, I don't even know Danielle. If Dan- Danielle could hear me, just down the way. Like my voice does not carry. But um, Amber Pfizer, junior pitcher, her freshman year, she pitched behind Sarah Gronawagon, and that was the same year that Minnesota kind of got snubbed of a national seed, and they had to travel to Alabama. So then, after her freshman year, she became the ace her sophomore year, and has really embraced it more. I think this year and has grown and developed to be the girl for them. And not just the girl, but the girl who's going to, the woman who's going to take them to the World Series and most likely pitch a ton here. But she throws really hard and she plays with a lot of fight, a lot of passion. It's a lot of that has to do with, I think, just how she was brought up with her parents and what she, uh, some internal things that she's going with, with her dad, who's worked through uh, not only kidney, tr- multiple kidney transplants uh, whenever she was in high school, but then also pancreatic cancer that he just recently went through in the fall. Um, so they've dealt with a lot of different things. And I think that, that he has taught her to be stronger on the field because she has mm-hmm. gone through all of that off the field to now be an all-american type pitcher and she was a top 25 finalist for national uh for national player of the year so she's a good one so i'd like to take this moment of the podcast to issue a public apology from all of us that after the selection show really second guessed minnesota's seed so this is holly Rowe issuing a public (laughs) apology for all of us in minnesota because we did we were all questioning that that that, that, their seed doesn't have anything to do with their performance in the tournament no what i'm saying is the committee was right thing too the committee was right is the committee saw something in them that maybe not all of us did and that they were they have proven it and gotten here no, we, we just we just weren't sure that they should have been a seven seed. We didn't think that they wouldn't make it here once they were in the tournament. That was based on regular season statistics. So Beth Mons is not included in that apology. But I just, <laughs> well, I just and, felt like we second no, guessed that, and they well, of course, they well, delivered. And, and I think that they some of their, definitely came through for sure. Yeah, and they are a great team. And I think it's all about Amber Pfizer. She's magnificent in the circle. But I think sometimes their fans get a little bent out of shape when we say, you know, and again, it's conversation. Where's the upset? Are there potential upsets? I definitely thought LSU was going to give them a much harder time. Yeah. And and the fans have to remember, their fans were analysts, right? So we analyze the game. We analyze pitchers and matchups and 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 schedules, right? So it's it's a compliment. When you say, when I say that's a potential upset it, it, and they make it here, it just shows how good they are yeah. that they were not upset. So yeah. it's funny that the fans get all bent out of shape like, hey, why, why are you picking on Minnesota? No, 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 we're not picking. We just think it's a hard road. And the yeah. fact that you got through that hard road, that's a compliment. And now here you are at the Women's College You're always going to be an underdog yeah. until you do it. Oh, yeah. Like they've exactly. never been here. And well, I, yeah. I think that for Minnesota that's fans, right. it's like that's, that's what you rely on is the fact that no one believes you can do it until you do it. And, and that brings it, so you all together and you embrace that. Yeah, they have embraced yeah. it. Yeah, and I, they've I, embraced it. I think, it, and, if, and it starts at the top. Uh, Jamie yeah. Traxel, yes. who's in her, se- in her second year mm-hmm. as the head coach, that's the other thing, too. Cool to see Amber Pfizer go through a coaching change and still mm-hmm. be as productive as she has been. But uh, I think Jamie Traxel, of anybody, has pushed that narrative and said, why like, yeah. the, the Dream On story where you know early in the season they're playing, she's blasting dream on over the loudspeakers mm-hmm. at practice and telling these girls why not us why can't we be the team that gets there why and not why she knows because look where she coached before she went on yeah. to yep. iowa state and um, north dakota and state, north dakota, state. Many, north dakota state and they were underdogs yeah. how all many the time minnesota fans them. were distraught when their coach left when their best yeah. player left 
And that's the beauty of the people that stayed and what makes this story so compelling for Minnesota. Yeah. They had no business being here, except that they had the heart and the desire and the will to do it. And that's what that's what makes this so compelling for them. And now you get to play UCLA. Now you get to take down the big biggest, dog. The biggest yes. opportunity you get. Like the, you couldn't, television. we couldn't script it. We couldn't script it out any better. And, and that's, that's when we talk about juxtaposition. Eleven titles versus first appearance. Yeah. How do you react on the big stage for the first time? Like, do you, are you ready for it? Are you prepared? Do you not let the moment get too big? Which is something we do see, mm-hmm. and that's understandable. But it's impressive when you can overcome that in your first time. And I like that they have eight Minnesota kids on their roster. They've yeah. done this with mm-hmm. local kids, eight from Minnesota. Oh, they're every, from the whole Iowa. state's all it's in. Very, it's, it's very, very cool Midwestern. Very cool to see. I just hope Lindsay Whalen makes an appearance, their new women's basketball oh, coach. So, nice. Lindsay, please come. <laughs> and one thing, too, is don't forget Kendall Lindemann is here playing for yes. Florida. And yeah. she was just the <clears throat> Big Ten player of the year, her freshman and yeah. sophomore year at Minnesota, left around Thanksgiving and just decided to go to probably a school yeah. that thought she had better chances of making the Women's College World Series. And now, look, they're both here. So, And, oh, by the way, we just spent ten minutes talking about Minnesota and not UCLA. <laughs> so who's ready to take on UCLA? And the newly crowned two-time National Player of the Year in Rachel Garcia. Yeah, I'm excited to see if Garcia can step up to the challenge. I look at last year, and she was their girl, and she had opportunities, and... Unfortunately, she wasn't able to step up. And there is a different pressure when you're named Player of the Year. I was talking to Bro and Molly McGrath about that. And it's just being able to understand and decipher the difference between this isn't about me. It's solely about, like, the team. And it's hard to tell someone that at 20 years old. So looking at her year this year, and, like, especially after winning it last year, I hope to see that she's in a position to lead this team. And... I don't know offensively if they are. That's just what I've witnessed. I think that they have it with Garcia, but when I look at it offensively, I don't know if they can hang with the best pitching. Yep. Personal opinion. They've got the offense to do it, but like you said, you prefer and you, and you believe it, and I can understand from your perspective why good pitching can shut down great hitting. We saw great hitting from UCLA in the Super Regional, so that was good to see. They did it in comeback fashion in Game 1. They got everybody involved in Game 2. Garcia had a big Game 1 uh, at the Super Regionals as well. Took the, Megan Good out of the equation. What's that? Yeah. yeah, they oh they crushed Megan Good. And that's yeah. and that's a compliment to Megan Good. Like she had as good of a season as anybody in the country, and that speaks highly of what she had to face, you know, with, with UCLA's offense. Uh innings balance again, I just find it very interesting to see, based on what Danielle just referred to, the innings split between uh, Rachel Garcia and the rest of the staff, Ramo, Azevedo, it's like forty five percent of the innings belong to Garcia. It's almost like 80%. I think it might be right at 80% during the postseason. But and the that's question, why. And, and the question they want is, her to be fresh they now. They wanted her to be fresh now. Right. And that's my and that's what I'm going to be curious about. If they're playing Sunday, I want to know, like, are you feeling fresh? Because I think that's what got to Garcia. I know she had 30 strikeouts in two starts to start the tournament. That's a lot of pitches. A lot of gas out of the tank. Do you have enough to carry a team all the way through to Monday? Well, and I look at last year when they played Arizona in the Super Regional, and they absolutely crushed them. And then they play them in uh, uh, the Pac-12 play, and 
they they lose two out of three, and they just they usually UCLA has a swagger against Arizona, where it's like, man, we're we just like ultimately destroy them, and then they lost two or three, and I was yeah. just kind of like, ooh, that could be Friday night, salty. by the way. That could be right. Friday. Could, we could have the could. two winningest championship programs in the history of the sport meet yes. in the World Series on Friday night. Did you did you have have a conversation with your team after you won Player of the Year just to either assure yourself or assure your teammates, hey? This is still all of us. It's not just about me. I'm curious about the team chemistry as a leader, the how you second, handled that. This, the second time I won it, I did. The first time that I won it, I didn't even acknowledge that I won it. I didn't even care. And I can say that wholeheartedly. Coach Tara is really amazing at, like, team, team, team. Yeah. And I knew that my role was to pitch every game and every inning, and that was that. It didn't matter if I was player of the year or not. But the second year – that I wanted, there was a little bit more like on me pressure wise. And that's the year you won the championship. No, no, no so you won it first year. And then I, I find that dynamic very interesting. So, were you the last two time back to back national player of the year? Kaylani. Ricketts. Oh, Kaylani. Yep. 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 Perfect. Last thing I'll say is that Daniel talked about not trusting their offense, but. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I don't forget. Nobody can read a voice. Um, I don't trust their defense. I, I, I saw their defense play in Palm Springs in February, and I said to Jen Schroeder, who's sitting next to me, I don't trust this defense at the Women's College World yes. Series. And to me, they haven't they haven't proven me otherwise. I mean, Brie Perez, who's their shortstop, has 15 errors on the season, and she's supposed to be their defensive captain. I don't trust their defense here, and I worry she's that they're going to make critical errors. I mean, that's and their, moved over from second that's base. UCLA's MO. And it's mm-hmm. not just this year. Like, they are uber talented. I mean, talent, like, literally, the la- if I look at the last seven years of UCLA and we see how well they've done, the players of the year, the pitchers, I mean, you can go back, Ali Carter, the hitters, all of their players, the defense. And you're talking about Daniel Spalding, who'll probably be an Olympic shortstop. Mm-hmm. And, and the players that they've had yet, the defense when it matters the most. We have seen them not make the regular plays. And that, yeah. Amanda, I mean, you nailed it. That is the one weakness, which is, to me, I feel like they're a better team than Oklahoma talent-wise. If I go down the board, all the players, they are better, but it's the defense I wonder the most And they, they've been involved right the last two years in the controversial um, calls, if I'm not mistaken. Free the goat. The umpires are new red hats, by the way. <laughs> you can't see that at home, but uh, yeah, that, that's going to be very interesting to see on, on how UCLA handles this now as one of the favorites. Yeah. They're the two seed. I uh, just wanted to add to back you guys up. They did go from 58th in, in fielding percentage last year. They're 24th this year, so an improvement. The question is what you guys, Jess and Amanda, just talked about. Can you do it? at this point of the season when it matters the most? Because look at the teams that we've seen. Florida, consistently. Oklahoma, consistently. Washington, consistently. These are the teams that are getting to the finals. And and that's where the pressure, again, is on Garcia, because the more that she strikes out, the less opportunities for the defense. But then when the Yes, and then when the defense is called upon to make the play, are they able to make the play? Because maybe they haven't had a ground ball on half a game. It's like you guys know what you're talking about. Breaking it down. I love it on the 7 Innings Podcast. Hey, can, we, I, can I just interject for one second? Yes, you, you might be uh, fond of Amanda May? for leaning into the microphone. I'm and further away. Yes, yes, it's it's on the table. We're around a rectangular table in a very small room in our hotel because we love each other a great deal. I honestly feel like this is a renaissance dinner because of the building that we're in. Because of what it looks like on the outside and what this room looks like on the inside. Oh, my goodness. Maddie Ship, Adam, Scarborough, Smitty, Doza, 
Dilo with the Velo, Bro, Horo, <laughs> BMO, <laughs> Jimmy Softball, Buzz is still hanging out with us. <laughs> yeah, He's not man. the best play by a color man in the business for nothing. He's being quiet over there. And of course, Jersey Meg and Vegas Vicky. Game three on the day starts at what time, Jersey Meg? Florida and the Oklahoma Seven, seven Eastern, Eastern time. ESPN two. ESPN two for the night game. Uh, where do we want to start? We want to start Gators and Kelly Barnhill's uh, postseason so far. I think uh, what seven and one. Yeah, and has uh, been uh, been pretty unbeatable. Maddie Ship was just down there last weekend. Yeah, I think one one of the things that's most impressive of what I've seen from Barnhill this postseason, you go back to their last conference series against Mississippi State at home, and they lost two out of the three games. After that, Kelly Barnhill had a meeting with her team where she stepped up and took responsibility, and she said, I will be better for you guys. Was that a Tim Tebow moment for Kelly Barnhill? It was, it was very Tebow-esque. Very yeah. much so was. Wow. And since then, we've seen a completely different Kelly Barnhill in the circle for her team, and I think her team's rallied behind her. And I know we just talked about great defense. Florida has a phenomenal defense. They will not beat themselves, and that's what's going to keep them in games. Well, and Tim Walton says it all the time. He says, we will not make errors. We might bobble the ball. We might have miscues, but we will not make errors. And they make sure that they are—they always know where they're going. They're very mentally strong. A lot of defensive errors happen because you're not prepared. A lot of younger players are not prepared. You can tell that they it's like they go back to Lily. If the ball's hit to me, I'm going to check the runner here. You know, you can tell they go through that mindset. What do you say, bro? Well, I think it's so important, too, that somebody that doesn't get enough credit on that team is Sofia Reynoso, who's their shortstop. She's their captain. She's their leader. She's the one that gets them prepared, ready to go for the game. She sets the standard from an emotional standpoint, from an energy standpoint. She sets the tone for the entire team. So to have somebody like that at your shortstop position, who not only can make incredible plays all the time, hold it down, but is a leader and leads your defense and can keep everybody accountable, I think is really important when you talk about how they're going to do at the World Series. And then one thing I would like to talk about with Barnhill is her leadership. How about her saying, hey, get on my back. You know what? Even though she's really had no run support this year, she's like, you know what? I'll be better for you. And she knows that if she says to her team, I'll be better for you, guess what? They're going to be better for and her. And what did it? The adversity. Yeah. Yes. didn't make the national team and all of a sudden, okay, question around the table. Who is the best hitter currently from Moore Park, California? Amanda Lorenz. Amanda, Amanda Lorenz. Lorenz. Better than Mendoza? <laughs> well, you're living in here. <laughs> She's your neighbor for crying out loud. Tell us what you love about Lorenz. Just her mentality. And I've known her since she was a kid. I mean, she lives down the street. Like, just sitting there and talking with her and her own dreams and goals and honestly, understanding of team. And I remember watching in her high school and her, like, getting, like, how it's about the next person. And that doesn't happen when I mean, she was a superstar, and Moore Park's a super small town. And you know, in high school, any team, right? You're a star, you get it. She always understood the bigger picture, and that's what you see with her now. Is first of all, of course, taking the walks younger in her career. But what I love about her now is also understanding. Okay, I'm taking my walks, but my team doesn't necessarily always have the at bats and the offense to back me. Will the others be enough? Right. And I think she recognizes when they're not. And when she does that, and we saw that in the SEC tournament final, she hit a pitch that really, she had no business swinging at. And I swear to you, a year ago, she doesn't swing at it. She takes ball four. She understands the walk. Now she's like, I walk, we lose. So I'm going to swing at a pitch in the other batter's box, and I'm going to get her game-winning hit. And I'm going to learn how to do that. And that's, that's her evolution 
as a player. The other thing from watching this team from basically the beginning of the season to now, this team is motivated when the lights are on. When there is a carrot dangling in front of them, they are a way different Florida team. And yeah. we saw that in the SEC tournament because guess what? It was a new season. It was something to play for. Mm-hmm. A championship was on the line, and they were all out. And they went, went out and won it. And they've done the same thing at a regional tournament, at Super Regionals, and now here they are. A team that I think a lot of us thought, oh, if they keep playing like this, they're not going to make it. Twelve and, and twelve. Here they are. Yep. Do do gators eat carrots? I'm just asking for a friend. No, they don't. So the d- gators bacon. will eat anything. <laughs> you live in Florida, you realize that. Our local wrangler over here, by the way. I wanted to say one last thing about Amanda Lorenz. I think she's contagious. <laughs> yes, her Is smile, her smile, about and her mm-hmm. her vibe that she steps into the box with, and. You see something good happen for one of her teammates. She's the first one out yeah. there. And her energy, I mm-hmm. feel her energy when I watch this team. I, I think that's important. I just think, uh, I mean, kind of backing up what you guys were talking about, to have, you know, to Jess's point, to have a dramatic shift in what your offensive philosophy has been from a decade ago to five years yes. ago yeah. to now, where the offense is a little bit lighter than it has been in years past. But they were a bashing team a decade ago. They were nothing but on-base heavy the last five years. And I give Tim Walton a lot of credit. And I, and, and I give Amanda at the top of the lineup. I think Kendall Lindemann has fit in really well. But like you said, Beth, the others. They did it in the SEC tournament. The others came through big. We saw it in, in the Super Regional. You saw it, Maddie, this past weekend. Who Down in the middle of the lineup, can you get some pop there? And if they do... Barnhill and that that might be enough offense to help Barnhill. Well, I have to give so much credit to Hannah Adams, too, because yes. all year long they've Lineup been looking change. for yep. somebody to sit into that three, three spot, spot, to hit behind Lorenz and to hit behind Lindemann, and she's embraced that role now. She might not get it done every single time, but she is so confident every time she steps up to the plate. Uh, I'd just like to say they are playing somebody. <laughs> Who are they playing, Smitty? <laughs> it's showtime! It's showtime! I, I, I hope you guys realize, Smitty, we were that, that was straight up a prank on you. We were trying to extend that until finally you decided to step up. Yeah, we we're gonna go to the next game until finally you decided to step up and talk about the talk about my cover first, first time here since 2011. It was eight minutes and 41 seconds. By the way. <laughs> 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 Massive upset. I, I, did anybody give him a chance at Florida State? Probably not outside the program other than Holly and, and Scarborough, apparently. <laughs> I did. I said to somebody out loud before I said, I think Oklahoma State came yeah. in there. And so, they somebody. called me crazy. It's an interesting somebody. I'd like to meet this somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Danielle, you could have just said it was Danielle. You made it sound like a clandestine mission. In the Super Regional, they just didn't really hurt themselves. Like, they played just so solid. They didn't play over and beyond anything of what they're capable of. They just played really solid. And with this fight where they didn't hurt themselves, so they felt like they always had a chance to knock off the defending champs. So there was just that one inning when Sam Shaw gave up four runs, and this was in the game two where they lost, but it was a hit by pitch, a couple of walks. But that was it. That was the only time that they hurt themselves. They played great defense. They fought and learned from their at-bats, and it paid off at the end. I mean, I thought they played so soundly. They absolutely deserved to be here with the run 
run that they've made ever since they lost a game to UTA. Yeah, they have played Arlington. so well. 18-4. and four. Well, I've, I, there's a lot of intriguing storylines in this game because Kenny Gajewski is best friends with Tim Walton. They played together at Oklahoma. Uh, Kenny Gajewski is now back at, obviously, Oklahoma State in his fourth year. I, I thought he was absolutely the right man for the job um, when I was talking with the administration and everything that was going on when they were looking for another um, head coach. His program is, like, when we say family, I mean, a lot of coaches do this. They create a family atmosphere. It is family. I was I was at one of the games, um, the Texas games, before we were calling it, and they had me throw out the first pitch. So I'm in the dugout for a little bit just watching. There are kids running in and out of the dugout. There are, I mean, it was like the movement in that dugout during the game was incredible. And Kenny looks at me and goes, you know, Michelle, this is what I want. I want my kids to be happy. I want them to, I want the, the, the young kids running in and out of here. I want them to realize that they're playing a game. But, you know, this is a was family. Was anyone birthing the ball, sweetie? Hey, now, here's the delivery. I'm telling you, that's where that came from. I, I do want to say one thing is I think that it's important to note is Tim Walton at Florida hired him as an assistant coach. Yep. He'd been out of coaching for a long time. He hired him as an assistant, and that's when Tim started winning his championships. Yes. Is there was a there was a chemistry between these two mm-hmm. men of how Kenny lightens Tim and allows Tim to be more comfortable. Yeah. And I think that you could easily say they don't win those national championships without Kenny Gajewski being there. And and I think that's important. And now here they go head to head in the World Series. It's dynamic and interesting. It's just that's what we were just talking about, right? Ten years ago, when they were the bashing lineup, the Bruders and Aeneas of the world. That was that was a lot of Kenny. That was a lot of Kenny helping swings and developing and developing a, a style that Florida became known for for like a four or five year stretch. By the way, all, all you all you folks that don't want to be called an underdog or don't want to be called um, a team that's supposed to lose, is Tim Walton having the time of his life this year? Every time we cover him, he is in the best mood. He's like, go ahead, everybody, underestimate us. Don't even talk about us winning a championship. But I still got Lorenz, and I still got Barnhill, and come try and beat us in Oklahoma City, and now here they are. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to watch. What a cool matchup. What a great story. And we've talked a lot about the coaches, but Sam Shaw, the pitcher and hitter also for Oklahoma State, has made such a difference. Backflip. And she's been here before as an A. And I was just about to say that. The fact that she has been here before with a team who has no experience even in Super Regionals is major for Oklahoma State. If she throws the way that she did against Florida State here, they could have... They, they and could she do well. faced Florida win. when she pitched her yeah. Europe. Yeah. That's right. That's First game. <laughs> Opening game. It's a, compel- it's a compelling matchup. All, every game here is. That's what's so exciting. <laughs> what's the last one, Bima? All right, let's move on. we got one more game to go. we got um, uh, Alabama and Oklahoma. And, uh, dancing in the rain. We do have someone who was actually dancing, dancing in the, the rain. rain. Huh? Well. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dancing in the rain with none other than she was Rowe. singing in the rain. Okay, yeah, Holly was out there with us. Yeah, sure you were dancing. Yes. You were like in the she dugout, was like hiding from the rain. You were out there reporting. What a what a good first one too, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got yelled at for that. What do you yeah. love? What do you love about the rematch? Because I, I sense there was a little bad blood initially there. I just think it's two programs that kind of rose at the same time. You know, we faced mm-hmm. each other in 2012. OU won in 2013. They faced each other again in 2014. Oh, Sorry, Maddie. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> hell, of a, hell of a home run, though. <laughs> hell of a three-run tanker. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so they have just been on a collision course. I mean, Marissa Holmrunyan, everything yeah. that they've played in the postseason has felt like it really means something. And I think both of these programs, like I said, they came up at the right time. Uh, right now, you're looking at an Oklahoma team that I think is really trying to cement their dynasty and an Alabama team that's trying to go back to yeah. where they were supposed to be a few years ago. What was that moment? You guys are on the field, and you're out dancing in the rain, and Oklahoma's in their dugout, hunk- hunkered down. Tell us that moment of why that was important in Alabama history. Yeah, well, I mean, no disrespect to Oklahoma because they were, like, a really incredible team, but I remember so specifically sitting in that huddle and being like, I am so glad I am on this side of things, but I'm not disappointed and sad and in the dugout, I'm with the people that I'm supposed to be, and I'm celebrating, and I'm happy. And at the time, we were losing. Well, that's not right. losing. That's that's the way. You were losing. As an athlete, you were losing, so you had nothing to lose because yeah. you were losing. Yeah. They were trying to protect and defend yeah. and, and keep this lead that they could feel was just slipping away with the momentum change. Yeah. We said like so I, th- this the dynamics of the game. I love thinking about it because as a, Cub, a Chicago Cub fan, the World Series in 2016. There was that moment in, in Game 7 where they had the rain delay and the game eventually went to extra innings and the Cubs eventually won the game and won Game 7 and won the series. I just love the dynamic of that. Like, you need... Yeah. It, tennis, Nadal and Federer, it's happened however many times. Rain delay ended up shifting the entire course of the match. I just... I find it fascinating that it tracks I remember sports. vividly yeah. the fight with the... So I was down there on the field, of course, eavesdropping, and there was this fight with <laughs> the NCAA about um, Patrick Murphy saying, we want to play, we're going to play, we want to play, and Patty Gasol saying, we're not going to play, we cannot, this is not safe. And just this fight going on right there by the third base sideline, I probably wasn't supposed to see, but I did. And it was, like, really passionate about, are we going to play or not? And, and the course of history changed in that moment. Yep. Present day, do we think the experience of Oklahoma is a weight or is this a superior talent against a team that is excited to be here? Or is Alabama just playing on house money right now and just ready to roll? I think it's a little bit of both, in all honesty. I think it can be both. I think Alabama can come in feeling good, and they should, based on what we've seen since the going to be a freshman, right? I I would have confidence in her if if I were her teammates. But I think you can run into a buzzsaw. And Oklahoma, to me, looks like, I mean, scary from buzz. top to yeah, buzz saw. Mm-hmm. Well, that, there's one. You wanted to cut. I was, I was hoping you would. New nickname. No, perfect. They, they, I was hoping you catch up. With seniors, with seniors yes. who have only walked off this field once as losers in their career, there's pressure there. Are they tight? They've played great all season. But the pressure starts now for those seniors of Oklahoma. Well, the pressure started last year too, and we saw it. And last they, they year they, they, they didn't score. They didn't score a run. I mean, I against against Washington. Be, I, mean, I think it could be. It's like the final four in basketball. Sometimes the hardest game is the region final. Then once you're here, oh, we've had that conversation. Know, it, we've had that conversation. Yeah, Holly, guys, Holly, we had that carefree with, as seniors with a bunch of uh, coach Gino. Oriemma, Gino said that to us. The hardest, the hardest game, game is yeah. the Elite Eight game yeah. because yes. they know what's at stake. The play, like, we were having this. Amanda, you had the same thing. Like yeah. that super regional that you guys played in 07 was so much pressure. And once you get to to the World Series, did you get, again? Did you guys go 0 and 2 first year? Yeah, Adam. Thanks for bringing that up. No, but, but I, I, I followed it up I, with the. But that's why I asked. I, that's why I asked. Oh, by the way, Juarez's experience oh, here is not good. That's right. Yeah, well, again, Juarez that, that's a great last point. year here with ASU. So some of the the yes. batters have experience. The pitcher does not. Mariah Lopez does. Um, so I don't know. What do we think? Uh, how, how does this play? Does Bailey get a pitch he can wail on and change the whole course of the tournament? 
Well, Bailey does hit left-handed pitchers. Um, well, you know, and that yes, but the rest of the lineup, there's six lefties in the lineup for Alabama, so that kind of tilts the advantage a little bit back to the left-handed pitcher. But you know, whoever has runs up on the board, trust me, when you're in the circle, that changes the game because you you change the way that you attack hitters, and hitters have to swing differently when there's a lead up on the board and you're trying to come from behind. So well, especially when you're relying on a freshman, I think for if you're talking about who has lead, who doesn't, I think Faust is a different pitcher when she has the lead versus when she's behind and we have yet to see her on this stage and in bigger pressure moments I mean a freshman who has really yet to fail I mean she lost the SEC tournament final but for the most part I mean, this is a pitcher that has continued to succeed as all pitchers do until they get to college and you get to this huge stage so to me them grabbing the lead early is everything if they are going to go with Montana Fouts Fouts as a starter 18-2 and two. 26 runs allowed in 21 starts. That is it. So I think Patrick learned in the regionals and yeah. supers, got a starter if we're going to throw her. And again, you're going up against a team that is great on defense, number one in the country, yeah. great top scoring offense, most home runs in the country, top slugging, one of the top two on bases. And this is and the best ERA and the best ER, staff ERA in they're the country. Decent. They're, they're good, <laughs> but, they're but, but as you thing. said, G. Juarez did not pitch well last year here at the World Series. She was not good here. The only thing that so worries me shake that? about Alabama is that Sarah Cornell has basically disappeared in this postseason because yeah. she got roughed up in regional. So you have you have Crystal Goodman, who has a great changeup and is good low in the zone, but they. They, they really have kind of lost that rise ball, screw ball, scries type of pitcher that would be very effective against some of the Oklahoma hitters. But, bro, I'm interested in what you have to say. Yeah, well, I just, came, I just came from Norman, and I think that was one of the most surprising to answer some of your guys' question about the seniors was that talking to him, you know, I asked him, okay, this is your senior year. How important is it for you to get back to Oklahoma? How important is it to end your season in OKC and they were like not even concerned they're like we're just here we appreciate each other we love this team and we just want to enjoy every single moment we have together and I think to some degree they probably learned from their experience last year of putting too much weight on their shoulders because when they won it nobody really expected them to as freshmen yeah. right. then you repeat and it's like oh yeah here we are and then you try and repeat and like oh my gosh we're here we have everything we have both of the pages back and I think that's real pressure and they don't feel that this year they're just happy and enjoying the ride. Which is ironic. And I think that's never, dangerous. Yes, well, that is dangerous. And yeah. the fact that, I mean, how many one-seats win? I mean, I feel like when you have all the pressure. No. So the ironic, if the they do really feel out. like they don't, but they're number one. I mean, yeah. they do. Five times in 15 years. That's it. But the one seat is one. <laughs> <laughs> Way to steal my stacks. <laughs> Are we going to get to our... Player of the Year thing? Is that on yeah, the yes, we okay. are, actually. That, that, that is next on our lineup card. I hope you're following along on At 7 Innings uh, podcast, also on the gram. But we have, a, uh, we have a Player of the Year interview, right? Yes, and I wanted to set this up because maybe our biggest fan out there is James Ibernas from UCLA. He's their awesome SID. He's their PA announcer. He does so many things for that program. But anyway, he did a a great little interview with us, um, for us, with Rachel Garcia. We're here with Rachel Garcia, the 2019 USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year, back-to-back. Rachel, how does it feel to win it again? Uh, Just so humbling and um, just super honored. I mean, I have to thank the committee uh, my teammates, my coaching staff. Um, this one was definitely um, out for my grandpa. Now you have this trophy. What's in store for the Bruins this next week? 
Um, a lot of dance parties, but uh, definitely just taking it uh, game by game and just doing our thing. Thank you, James White. <laughs> Fabulous. Rachel Garcia, National Player of the Year from UCLA. Let's talk a little star power right now. We'll go around the room. Let's start with Buzz. Didn't uh, want to make his buzzsaw. debut, but we're pulling in the buzzsaw. buzzsaw. Star power, Buzz. Buzzsaw. Who are you excited to watch? And then we're going to work around the room. Give us a player that you're excited to watch. Might have a breakout. We already were talking about her, but I'm really, really excited to watch Amber Pfizer throw. Nice. Strong, strong opening outing. I, I think that uh, Montana Fouts is going to step up and step in. I think she had a, a wake-up call in the Super Regionals, and I think that she's no longer a freshman when she steps in the circle in Oklahoma City. You know, I'm going to stick on the freshman train, and I'm excited to watch Natalie Den Hartog from Minnesota. I'm going to go with Sis uh, Bates. Uh, I think just the, the dynamic ability to drop your jaw with a defensive play. I'm excited for it. I'm going to go with UCLA's freshman Kelly Gooden hitting in the nine hole. A lot of speed. One of the best freshmen in the country. 446 average. Best hitter team in batting average. Yeah. Best hitter here. I am not going to pick a pitcher, which surprises. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. I'm going to go with Just fell out of my chair. Sydney, oh, yeah. uh, Sydney Romero. I want to, um, sorry, hero. Um, you know what? I, her leadership last time you know, playing in that that jersey, it's it's a lot of pressure. Um, in fact, the whole senior class for uh, Oklahoma. But I'm excited to see how she handles the hot spot at third base and and also her bat in the lineup as the leadoff. Well, I'm going to go Oklahoma State and Samantha Shaw, and I, I want to see the bat flip. I want to see the emotion. Yeah. <laughs> this has been controversial and viral, and not just the bat flip, but honestly, a player like Hallelujah that isn't afraid to just. Be herself. And granted, you love her, you hate her, she's who she is. It reminds me a lot of D-Lo, D-Lo, Danielle Laurie, someone who just put themselves out there. She did. She did. D-Lo's ready to throw up an Indian. This is a USA Canada Olympic matchup right here. I like this. You hated, 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 hated capital H playing against her. Hated. Playing with her. No one you'd rather play with. It was real fun playing short binder, especially <laughs> when you threw that change up. I like yeah, it, right? Pull that well, and you Pull back it. you back people off the plate. Anyway, Samantha Chow, my point is, is <laughs> the emotion I want to see in person here in OKC. I agree with you. The whole backflip thing, I know we have our opinions on it, but at the end of the day, like, who gives a shit? If you do it at one of the biggest moments in, in that stage, who cares? Beep! Beep. It's, yeah. You know, yes. they, they have my, you, you Sorry. Can. That my was Danielle Laurie. You <laughs> <laughs> don't need to apologize. My this player to watch, um, Gabby Plain. So when I say that I think that her stuff is similar to Kat Osterman, she's one of the only pitchers Ooh, that is wow. very similar wow. with like true spin movement. And oh. talking to her at the Super Regional, she said she was so nervous for the World Series last year and she's like never felt that type of feeling. And looking at how good she pitched last yeah. year, mm-hmm. like now with like the understanding of what is in store for her, I'm excited to see what she brings to the table. I like it. Um, I'm going to go along the same lines as Adam, but I'm not looking at the current best, best shortstop. I'm looking at the next best ah. shortstop, Grace Lyons, the shortstop oh, from OU. Okay. I, I didn't get to see her make any spectacular plays when I was at their Super Regional, but I want to see her make some good ones in OKC. They're coming. 
It's impossible to go last because everybody's taking the good people, but um, I, I get it. There's plenty more people. Okay, oh, I hate teams. I, I know, but I mean, everyone I had in mind. I'm going to go with, um, I know shuffle, you already shuffle, said shuffle. her, but Pfizer from Minnesota. I just think, you know, we have seen legends over the course of time um, at the World Series. I remember Christian Schmidt back in the day for LSU yes. pitched three games in one day. They won the MVP um, and lost. Taryn Mowat throwing every pitch. I remember Kelsey Nunley of Kentucky in a losing effort, but throwing every pitch of the postseason. Megan Langenfeld, her finger falling off, having to super glue her finger. So I want to see how far can Pfizer go. Um, I think that's dramatic and exciting. All right, I'm going to go KB side, CC Clifton, Malia Martinez, and Maddie Sue's getting out tonight. Maddie Sue Montgomery. Oh, yes, oh, I should have said her. You're making a stand. You're making a stand. Mullins is making a stand right There's a lot left at the end of the order here, Jimmy. There's a lot left. There's quite a few left. But I'm going to go, since I'm Jimmy softball, I'm going with Mandy softball. Yay! Oh, yeah. How did we not say that? Good one. Uh, fav- that's Amanda, Amanda Lorenz. All right, who's got a favorite story? What story are we tracking? I know we've said some really good stories so far, but are there other stories out there that we're going to be tracking or that we want to make sure that we tell? And how about we... Uh, yeah. I love, by the way, that, that comedic pause... That comedic pause was tune outstanding. In. That was a very Bob Newhart-like That's what you call a pregnant pause. That's a very pregnant that, pause. I appreciate the Bob Newhart reference. Thank, yeah. Thank you, you very much. Thank you very much. I got an old soul beat. <laughs> right. Yeah, best, best stories. Yeah. I'll, I'll or after hours of reading. Best stories. I'll start off with best story to me... I mean, Amber Pfizer, I, I know Amanda kind of dove into it, so I'll, I'll leave that for her, but I'll give you another good one. I think uh, I think Sis Bates, something we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about too much, her brother's on staff, and I just really like that. He's a GA, played club baseball at UC Irvine. She's super close with her family. Her dad used to drive her like six hours to go to different clinics and things like that. She That, that energy that Holly, Amanda, you guys were just kind of referencing it, that comes from a certain place, and that's come from childhood, and that that comes from her family. So I just think it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm excited to talk brother sister stuff with uh, with Jimmy and sis. And Jimmy gave her the name sis, by the way, too. So I think ah. that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Bro baits and sis baits. Bro bait. Now we have bro-bates. now we have bro baits and, and sis baits and rebates and rebates. <laughs> <laughs> is that the equivalent? Is that the is that's that a mom a, joke? Is that the equivalent <laughs> of a dad joke? Basically, yeah. like yeah, just, just dad joke done by a mom. That's a mom joke. <laughs> Solid one, though. Steve Kerr would, would approve. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we're saving our best stories. For <laughs> yes, so. Let's move right into Holly's favorite part of the program. Time now for Shaggin' Stats. <laughs> oh, wait, Jimmy has an intro, doesn't he? Why do I keep doing it? Because it's still good for the rest live. of us. I oh, still enjoy live. it. Okay, I, I love like hearing the way it. you change your voice. Like, Shaggin' Stats. <laughs> All right, my shag and stat today is I would like to send a special shout-out to Mike Candrea. I believe he's the reason we're all here. He helped build this sport to the stage that it's on now. Um, I don't know if he wants to go by Godfather, if that makes him feel <laughs> old. But it's the first trip to the World Series since 2010 for Arizona. They're 5-0 and in the postseason, and they have outscored five opponents 33-8. to My shag and stat is the Arizona Wildcats, and I'm just so happy to have Coach Candrea back on that red dirt in OKC. Ooh. Um, my second stat is, uh, you know, OU, we talk about them have, like leading the country in basically every category, but they broke their own home run record. They have a 108 home runs. 
That is a program best, which really surprises me with all of the power numbers they put up in the past. So big home run for the Sooners. Mm. Check it out. Without Lauren Chamberlain. Without Lauren Chamberlain and all those <laughs> down like 15 home yeah. runs. Yeah. 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 You know what they say about women with big bats, right? I don't know what it is. Lots say. of home runs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for a more pregnant pause there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Chow, bat flip or no bat flip. I don't care. Now that we're at the World Series. Uh, Twelve times this season, Chow's hit a home run when LSU is either tied or trailing. And nine of those occasions, she's delivered a game-tying or go-ahead bomb. Showtime. 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 I'm going to go Showtime. bring OPS. Do oh, it. softball. On that base is, percentage plus slugging percentage, Thank you, my Adam friend. Amin. Number one stat used in all of baseball, but I love it for softball, too. The importance of getting on base and how your hits matter. They're important as far as slugging. So, Kaylee Clifton of Oklahoma. The difference in her OPS from last year, she was at 900, which is still pretty decent. This year, did the math. 1483. Ooh, Are you what? kidding me? Wow. I mean, we're talking Mike Trout of baseball. Is it like maybe? Yes. Borders around a thousand. He's the best player in baseball. She's four hundred points higher. Kaylee Clifton. Who were you last year? Who are you this year? OPS. Bring him to the game. You down with OPS? Yeah. CC is okay. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to go to a uh, pitching stat. Of course, um, it's the uh, strikeout to base on ball ratio uh, for a team for teams. The top three teams in the country: Oklahoma. At a 6.89, UCLA at a 5.78, and Washington at a 5.76. And, oh, by the way, Minnesota and Florida are also in the top eight. So the point of it is is that if your pitchers are getting more outs than they're giving free passes, you're going to be good. And they're the top three seats. And they're the top three seats. There seems to be a correlation. There seems to be a correlation. You had a juxtaposition. Now we have a correlation. Are pictures important in this game? Just a little. Mm -hmm. I think... Amanda, I think we're... They draw a circle around them for a reason. (laughs) It's like a little little halo. Um, (laughs) Arizona... The 2019 Arizona team is the first Women's College World Series team to play all seven other participants since... I don't have that in the Bible. Oh, we got we got one for you, Bima. I've been stumped <laughs> since Arizona in 2000, and their record against the teams are four and seven, and three of those wins have come against. Well, they they went two and four against Washington and UCLA, and then they beat Minnesota and Oklahoma State. Okay, yes. guess who did not win the uh, World Series in 2000? Arizona. Arizona. Oklahoma won it. That was Oklahoma's first. 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 Yes. And it transitions perfectly into mine. I wonder what kind of first team stat, first time stat. Uh, No, this was going to go right into it. Uh, So, debuts. We're talking about debuts. Debuts, debutantes, bells of the ball. UCLA, obviously, is the 11 time champ. They'll face a first timer in Minnesota. However, I thought this was fascinating. Other teams have had the opportunity to play against UCLA. As their debut in their debut at the World Series, teams are five and twenty-seven combined against UCLA when they make their debut debut at the World Series and have to play the eleven now eleven-time champion. So you're saying there's a chance? The only there's five chances. There's five. There've been it's it's happened five times. Texas A&M in 1983. I kind of throw that away because it was the second ever World Series. Still early. But 96, Washington. Heather Tarr was on that team. 
Oklahoma wow. in 2000 did it on their route to the winning the, the title. Lefty starter in that game, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Jen Stewart. Uh, Florida in 2008 and Auburn in 2015 Ooh, as well. Remember, they had that yes. really, it was a high-scoring game against UCLA. I think they scored like 11 runs. There's 13 teams that have debuted against UCLA. I mean, this tells you how many times UCLA has been here, but 32 teams have That's debuted. That's wild. 5 That's, and 27. Yeah. Yeah. Are those teams when they make their debut? That's and at the They're the welcoming committee. committee. They, that's a gr- uh, what a great term for that. They, UCLA is the uh, we're, 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 we're in your official welcoming committee. Yeah. You are now here. So I'm realizing every time I get on this podcast, the pitchers must rub off on me because I come up with a pitching no, stat every yeah. single day. No, 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 I'm giving no, in. I'm giving in. Back. I know, but. I got to go with it. I know all year long we've been talking about the home run power, over 10,000 home runs across the country this season. But when you look at ERAs, five of the teams here have top seven ERAs in the country. Minnesota, Arizona, Washington, UCLA, and Oklahoma. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whatever. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be talking about the long ball once we get on air. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Jersey Meg has to give a selfish shag of set because, you know, I'm a D3 kid, right? Right. My fighting Emory Eagles went all the way to the national championship. That's right. What? So I got to give a shout out to the Emory Eagles. They came in second. Congratulations to Texas Lutheran for winning the national championship. But Emory really shouldn't have even been there under first time head or new head coach. Uh, and they made it, so congratulations to my Emory awesome. Eagles. Not Congrats, a stuff. Well done. Well, well deserved. Softball without the and Emory by the way, since we mentioned the D3, Augustana, congratulations, D2 national yes. champion. Yes. Yes. Congrats. Congrats. All right. I guess I'm going to finish up Shaggin' Sets with uh, the number 12. Woo! Is a new record for 12 people on the 7-inch panel. <laughs> 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 yeah. Love it. Outstanding. I like that. I like Dirty that. Pretty, does pretty, pretty good preview, I think. Pretty I extensive, full-on, pretty good preview. And I'm going out on a limb here. You know, we've only had a, a three-game series five times in the Champ oh. Series. Haven't had it since out 2016. I think we're out of, uh, this will be the 15th year, 2005, Michigan. UCLA. Started it. Three-game series. That was a three-game series, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, go- I'm yeah. saying we're going to have a three-game Champ. The parody all year yeah. long will yeah. play out in the Champ Series and we will be we will be here so you, so you on can't. Wednesday night. We will all have to cancel our illegally booked home <laughs> on Wednesday morning and switch them all to what? Thursday morning and fly off. Who, who among we're us we're, who, we're among, who among us booked a flight home on Wednesday? Mine, mine is for Thursday. Call the track. Okay. I believe hey, in Buzz, I want to check all their airline flights. Holly <laughs> 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 Rowe on Thursday. Tempting. No, no, no. Some of us like to tempt fate and play with a little fire. But yes. I'm, the reason we booked the Wednesday flight is so we get the Wednesday game. We yeah, want to tempt fate because we want fate yeah, to laugh at our. We want the game for And the other big news is not one podcast this week, but two. We will be back to preview the champ. Series and Will baseball tonight week? is going to be here for the champ series. Of course, they are hosted by Adam Scarborough and uh, is uh, Timmy Kirk Jin coming? Yes, yes. We'll we're get, gonna see if we can make him laugh. We'll get the uh, best of Tim, as well as several of the cast of characters. Oh, yeah, you guys are oh, going to be working oh, it. Oh, there sure. will be a cast of characters. I, I, I imagine we'll get uh, we'll get some very interesting uh, hybrid perspectives yes. about uh, the, the bridge between baseball and softball. Oh, yes, OPS is huge right now. Long, I mean, listen, you're the home run 2015, most home runs we've ever seen. We're back 
closer to those numbers this year. Launch angle's real. Softball coaches have analytics, too. Softball coaches have biometrics to go over. They understand launch angle. Get excited for this World Series. We've got four 100 home run teams in the country this season. Two of them are here, Oklahoma and Arizona. That's not a pitching stat. That that is a hitting stat. We've got a couple of 90 home run teams. Alabama can bash. We're excited for offense. So what you're saying is World Series bingo that is an unlicensed, un... As of now. As of now. Unapproved drinking game. (laughs) Maybe you should put OPS and launch angle on your board. Me me and Mendoza by the end of night one will get you you pretty good. Hey, we've also got a great studio presence. Um, that will be here all week the long. The whole crew's here. And we've got an SEC studio presence on the SEC. Everybody's here. Long. Mm-hmm. we got we got a lot of My stuff. Voice got really and Seven Innings Live will be back again And Seven Innings Live. We're all here. Do we, is there, give me There's some 97 have, have you, shows well, being produced at this thing. I was, I was going to jump in with some of this stuff that okay. you just gave. Okay, No, no, no. You just, you just took everything, so good job. Be bonus. Give me some meth. Eight. Malia Martinez, KB Sides, Maddie Sue Montgomery. I had to close it out strong. Don't forget the flex. Now we have a flex position this week, and we will go off the air, (laughs) reminiscing. Who sang? uh, uh, Who sang? Is that? uh, Who sang reminiscing? Is that Little River Band? Squirrel. D Lo with the V Lo. It's a ten year anniversary. We're getting old, girl. You and me are getting old. We're the same class. That's Come insane. on, take us behind the scenes with the celebration. Uh, what was going on post game after that championship? Come on, we're all we're amongst friends. It's just the twelve of us here at the table and the millions listening at home. <laughs> we very intimate setting, yes. Very intimate. Setting. When we started at one bar with. Family and friends. The younger ones couldn't come, unfortunately, so we always make fun of them still because of that. <laughs> so we, we went to this one bar. Jeepers, the freshmen were only the best hitters on the team for crying out loud. I know. And then we ended up going to this karaoke bar that was closed, and I specifically remember standing up, screaming. What was your go-to? Do we need a bleep? No, because there was a big deal about Jake Locker with Washington. Yes. 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 And Tim yeah. Tebow with Florida. Yes. Oh, yeah. Did we have them on? Did, we both did an interview yeah. with Jake. Did you interview both of them? Yes. Yeah. He was there with his girlfriend at the yeah. time. Yeah. And I remember Jake Locker yeah. and I stood up on stage. Due to time constraints, we move ahead in our podcast. But I learned a lot about myself that year, and I owe the national championship year to the OAD Olympic experience Olympics, because I learned. Yeah. A ton about myself, being a better teammate, all of the above. So I don't think I would have been the player that was able to help our team win if it wasn't for that. Oh, wait. Extra Seriously. running after you pitched in Pac-12 yeah. games. I remember you did extra conditioning. Yeah, all that. Um, you, yeah. you laid it out with your soul and won that yeah. championship. Okay, so we'll be back with a preview of the Champ Series on the 7 Innings Podcast. Woo. Let me take a deep breath. With Buzzsaw... Jersey Meg, Maddie Ship, Adam, Scarborough, Smitty, Doza, Dilo with the Velo with the potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Horo, Bimo, Jimmy Softball. World Series, yay! Together on three. One, <laughs> two, two, three, together! together!